How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. Today, we're going to be doing a little podcast mini-sode, and I wanted to do this as a podcast instead of a regular video so it could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Not exclusive to YouTube because this episode is actually going to be a follow-up to my top 10 Halloween films, which you guys have obviously heard if you're listening to this on Spotify or whatever. Um, mainly if you've watched that video or listened to that podcast, and if you haven't, I highly suggest that you do. It's one of the favorite, um, episodes of the show that I've put out this month. Um, we talked about the top ten Halloween films, obviously, so we ranked all the films that are out at the time, with the exception of Halloween 3. And the reason we didn't include Halloween 3 is because it's really, I mean, nowadays, it's not really part of the same series, um, which is why it wasn't included. And I'll get into the background of that in a little bit. Um, But yeah, we didn't include Halloween 3, so today I'm going to be addressing Halloween 3, talking a little bit about my thoughts about it. Um, I just rewatched the film last night, actually. Um, It's been several years since I've seen it. Um... But yeah, I watched it last night. Um, it's now today. Uh, it's a very beautiful morning in Ohio right now. Leaves are fully on the ground. Halloween is only a few days away. Um, yeah, and I'm just really excited that the Halloween season is here and upon us. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you know that. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to get right to it, I guess, um, and talk about Halloween 3. As I said, it's not really part of the same series anymore, which is why it wasn't included. As everyone knows... The Halloween series is about Michael Myers. Um, He's the drawing force. He's what brings everyone into these films again. Um, But it wasn't always that way. Um, Because obviously Halloween, the first one, was like a standalone film. And that was it for a few years. Um, And then all the horror horror sequels started coming out. The slasher genre was in full swing. So they went ahead and they made Halloween 2. Um, and that wraps up the story there of Michael Myers. As if you've seen Halloween 2, it's a pretty definitive ending. Um, Michael Myers is completely engulfed in flames, his body burnt to a crisp. Um, so yeah, that's how they were going to end it, man. Um, so for Halloween 3, because I mean, obviously you got to keep the series going. Um, John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, uh, Mustafa Akkad, the whole gang. Their idea for the franchise was going to be that... They wanted to make the series an anthology series. They wanted to take it in a completely different direction from the slasher genre um, and make every single movie its own, like, standalone anthology all under the Halloween banner. So it would all be different films focusing on different stories, um, just sort of centered around the holiday. Um, But after (laughs) the intense amount of backlash, confusion, um, just everything that the audiences, their reaction to the time of Halloween 3, um, it made them change their minds, and they went back to doing the Michael Myers thing over and over and over again. Um, and I can imagine, like, looking back, like, in that time period, I can imagine being really confused that Michael Myers wasn't in the film, Um, I don't know about all the advertising and marketing that went into this. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there were tons of people that showed up to Halloween 3 expecting Michael Myers in it, and he just wasn't in it. And that was the big criticism of the film for many, many years, is that, oh, Halloween 3 sucks, Michael Myers isn't in it. Um, without actually watching the film, without actually seeing 
what was going on, like, behind the scenes and stuff, knowing a little bit of the backstory. Everyone just judged it on the fact that Michael Myers was not in it. Um, and again, at the time, I can see that it, that's very confusing um, for audiences at the time. And nowadays, I think it's done a complete, like, 180, where everyone loves this film. Everyone's talking about how underrated it is, how great it is. Um, and I, I don't know if I'd necessarily put myself in that camp. I still love the film. Um, but I'm not one of the people that think that this is, like, necessary viewing. I don't think that it's a super underrated classic or anything. I mean, I love the film just because I love everything Halloween. Um, and even though it doesn't have Michael Myers in it, it's still part of the franchise. I still grew up with it. I still watched it a hundred times. Um, and there's a lot of things about the film that I like, but there's a lot of things about about the film that I don't like. Um, so I definitely don't think that it's necessary viewing. Um, it's definitely, like, if you're interested, definitely go check it out. Um, if you're trying to go through all the Halloween franchise, don't skip it, I would say. I'd say still watch it. And if you're just look, going back to 80s films, I mean, it's still better than a lot of 80s films that were going on at the time. Um, but yeah, they, after Halloween 3, it completely bombed. Um, so they went back to doing Michael Myers over and over and over again and all the sequels, and the rest is history. So it sort of, like, faded into obscurity for a bit. Um, so as I said in my video, it doesn't really fit in with the Halloween franchise, and if it was me back then, and I was one of the producers, I pro after I saw, like, all the negative backlash that the film got, I probably would have just renamed the film. Um, I probably would have just dropped the Halloween and called it Season of the Witch, or Silver Shamrock, even. I mean, the film doesn't really have much to do with witches, either. I mean, it has to do with, like witchcraft and like the uh the season of Sawin. Um uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But there's no witches in the film, really, besides like the witch masks that um Silver Shamrock produces. Um but yeah, I probably would have just renamed it. Um I mean people do that shit all the time. They're like retconning this and that. So like I probably would have just when I got ready to put out Halloween four, the whole Thorn trilogy Jamie Lloyd story, I probably would have just called that one Halloween three um, and just completely retcon this one, um, but it does make it sort of like a double-edged sword, um, because, I mean, obviously, it makes it stick out like a sore thumb that this is called Halloween 3, and it's very obviously the black sheep of the franchise, uh, because it has nothing to do with anything else, um, but the name itself does it does give it more exposure than it would have otherwise. Um, chances are, if it wasn't called Halloween 3, like I said, it would probably just be lost in the shuffle with all these other 80s films, and we probably wouldn't be talking about it today. Like, it probably still wouldn't be talked about as much today as it is without being called Halloween 3. Um, but yeah, as I said, it doesn't make much sense to call it Halloween 3, um, these days. It's a double-edged sword. Um... But it does give it, like, this little mystique. It's like, oh, this is the only Halloween film without Michael Myers in it. Even though Michael Myers is in it, because the film Halloween, the original, exists in this universe, and they're watching it on the TV. But it's the only film that doesn't feature Michael Myers as a character. So it gave it sort of this mystique, and as I said, nowadays it's, like, actually a cool thing to like Halloween 3. Um, for me, I think it's a mixed bag. I mean, I love the film a lot. But there's also a lot of flaws, and those flaws have nothing to do with the fact that Michael Myers isn't in it. I don't like the criticism, and that was the criticism for years and years and years. Oh, the film sucks because Michael Myers isn't in it. Um, but yeah, I have criticisms about it in spite of that. Um, 
But I guess just first to talk about some of the things that I like, other than the things that I don't like. Again, I want to keep this a short episode, and I wanted to do it as a podcast instead of making like a four or five minute video. I'd rather talk about it a little bit longer, but I still want this to be a relatively short podcast for you guys, because I mean, we're only talking about one film here. Um, the things that I liked, I mean, I really love the synth music in the film. Um, it was also done by John Carpenter. Um, it really sets the mood well. Um, and it's better than a lot of 80s, uh, synth stuff. Cause I mean, John Carpenter is just like a legend, man. Um, so the music is really, really good. Um, I like the idea of bringing Halloween back to like the festival of Samhain. Um, it's an old Celtic um, holiday season, um, I'll be getting into that a little bit later, um, in an episode that's coming out in a few days, so I'm not gonna harp too much on the, on Sawin, um, but there's a little sneak peek for you. um, but yeah, so, basically, they are, and I don't want to give everything away about the film, but I feel like everyone sort of knows the general concept of it, but basically what they're trying to do is bring Halloween back to its original sacrificial origins, and <clears throat> the villain in the film is, like, the CEO of this mask-making company called Silver Shamrock. And the idea is, is that on Halloween, they're going to play the Silver Shamrock Halloween special or whatever. There have been a bunch of trailers, like, leading up to this. But they're going to play the big special at, like, 9 o'clock. And at 9 o'clock, all the kids who are wearing the mask are going to die. Um, we see it happen once earlier in the film, where a kid is watching, like, the test footage or whatever, and his head completely, like, decomposes into a bunch of bugs and snakes that go all over the place, and, like, they're freaking out his parents and stuff. Um, so that's, like, another thing I like. I mean, it has a couple decent kills in this. There's that kill, and then there's, um, this girl who's, like, playing around with the mask, and it shoots, like, it, like, malfunctions, like, shoots a laser at her. I don't think she's playing with the mask. I think she's playing with, like, the little, like, medallion on the mask. And it, like, shoots her in the face, and it's super gory. I love it. Um, there's also some kills that, like, absolutely suck. Like, there's a guy that gets, like, trapped in between two cars, and it just looks stupid as hell. Like, it's funny. Um, but we're talking about the things that I do like. The death scenes are great. Good gore, creepy stuff with bugs. Um, I like the synth music. I like the way the film was shot. The film was shot very, very beautifully. It has one of my favorite shots in any horror film ever. Um, although looking back and rewatching the film, it takes place way too short. Um, and there's like a title, there's like the city on it. Like it says like Phoenix, Arizona on the shot for a lot of it. But it's the shot that's on the cover. It's the one with the kids with like the the sun setting in the background and it's all red and orange and it just looks it's the essence of Halloween is that shot um but in the film I think they could have dragged that shot out a little bit longer um because it's such a beautiful shot and I mean they use it on the covers and everything but like in the film it's barely up there I would have dragged it out a little bit longer um but yeah I really like the film I like the ideas behind the film I like the Silver Shamrock song going over and over again. It, it can get annoying at parts, but it's really creepy as well. Um, it's based off London Bridges falling down, and the song actually keeps changing with every day it gets closer to Halloween. So it starts out like, eight more days to Halloween, and then it goes like seven, etc., etc. Um, so I like that. Um, again, I like the cinematography. I like the direction, all that kind of stuff. I guess some of the things I don't like 
it, and oh, and I do like that. They, I really respect them for trying something different because again, like, as I said, they could have just brought Michael Myers back and done it over and over again, which is what they ultimately did. But I at least respect they wanted to do something different with the franchise, unlike Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, or whatever, where, like, everyone is just the same shit over and over again. It's the same character. They wanted to make it an anthology. Because, like, how many different ideas can you get, like, to make a story about Halloween? Like, in concept, it was a really, really great idea. And I wish that they would have changed the title of Season of the Witch, called it something else, and made that the anthology series. Like, they could have kept that going, where they had a different themed story every single year, and then still had the Michael Myers stuff going on. Um, it's just different titles. Like, they could have had two horror franchises going on at the same time. In retrospect, I think they should have done that, because I do think it's a good concept to have sort of this horror anthology series going on under, like, a different title. Like, they could have called... They could have called the anthology series Season of the Witch, and then each film called something else like Season of the Witch Silver Shamrock. That's this one, and they could have done more and more and more. Um, and yeah, I mean, the film was written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, probably most known for directing the um, It miniseries with uh, Tim Curry. Um, I like his direction. I mean, it's all right. Um, what I'm not a fan of is his writing. Um, <laughs> um, the film can be very, very slow and boring towards the beginning and the middle, um, with little hints of, of some stuff going on. I mean, there's some interesting stuff. As I mentioned, the girl who gets her face exploded or whatever, that's in the middle. Um, but for a lot of the film, it's very slow, and I wish they would have got into, like, the Samhain, like, um, mythology and all that stuff early on in the film. Um, just to keep you interested, because you don't find that out until, like, the very, very end, and the end is great, obviously. Um, but it definitely feels like a chore to get through during some of the middle portions. It starts out really strong, has a few good parts in the middle, and then once it gets to the climax, of course, it's a ton of fun. Um, I also don't like the main character at all. Um, he's played by Tom Atkins. This is not a hit at Tom Atkins or anything. Tom Atkins does a great job in the film. It's just the material he was given. Um, he's basically a horrible character. I mean, he has a wife and kids, as like we see like early on in the film. But he's constantly like flirting with his co-workers, like, doing some creepy shit, like grabbing their shoulders and stuff. Um, he's basically a big womanizer. I mean, he's cheating on his wife. Um, he spends most of the film flirting, like I said, and... He has, like, his co-workers help him with his investigation with promises that he'll take them out to, like, fancy dinners and stuff. So, yeah, this dude's just, like, a fucking horrible human being. Um, he's out there promising people dates, and he's having sex with the daughter of one of his dead patients, which is the main reason why he's, like, investigating this crime. Um, not investiga investigating why this patient died. Because, I mean, he's trying to get some ass, <laughs> it seems like. I mean, early on, you can tell he's, like, very distressed and confused on why his patient was murdered. Um, but then later on, I mean, he's banging his fucking, his dead patient's daughter twice without even asking how old she is until the second time. And she does assure him that she is of age, so that's fine, but still really fucking creepy. And he's doing all of this while his wife and kids are at home. Um, and they're staying in this motel. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of the film, that, as I said, it's a mixed bag. As I said, there's a lot of the film that I like, a lot of the film that I don't like. 
overall, I love the film just because of everything involved. I mean, I've said that a few times in this show. Um, I think it's funny how they watch the original Halloween in the film. At first, we see a trailer for it in the bar, and it calls it, like, the unquestionable classic or something like that. But then later on in the film, when they're in the factory or whatever, it's actually playing the full film on the TV, and you hear the music and everything. Um, I think it's a great, like, in-joke. Again, I wish that they would have taken this into, like, another franchise or whatever, where Halloween still exists, and it was just sort of like an in-joke. Um... But yeah, Halloween 3, definitely a mixed bag. I don't know where I would rank it in the pantheon of Halloween sequels, because again, it's such a different thing, and it needs to be like viewed as a different thing. So I would say, if you're interested in the film, definitely go check it out. Um, if you're a fan of the Halloween franchise and you haven't seen Halloween 3, I would say at least give it a chance. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be what you're looking for from your average Halloween film, but it still can be a lot of fun. And... Again, like, I think it's better than a lot of random, obscure 80s movies that are out there at the time, but it's still not as good as um, some of the classics out there. I mean, I'd definitely say check out a lot of 80s films before you check out this one. Um, this one's pretty middle of the road. Again, I love it, um, but I can understand the criticisms of it. Some of the criticisms. I can't understand the Michael Myers isn't in it criticism anymore, because, I mean, it's been 40 years since this came out, pretty much. Um, 38, I believe. I think this came out in 82. But regardless, um, the film can be a lot of fun at times, but it can be hard to get through at times. I, I, I wish that they held up. I keep thinking about that shot of the kids, which I love so much, and I wish in the actual film, I wish they held it out a little longer. My memory made it think that it was a lot longer of a shot, but it's really close. Um, it's my cover photo on Facebook. It's the cover of the film. I love it so much. I wish that shot was in a more highly regarded film. Um, but yeah, Halloween 3, not much else to say about it. I know a lot of people love it. Aldo Pryor, um, who is a big friend of the show, he's been on the show a few times. He's a big champion of this film, um, as with Aubrey and some other people and Midnight Miles. Um, everyone who's seen it nowadays, who's like seeing it for the first time, can appreciate it for what it is and not associate it with the rest of the Halloween franchise. But, again, if you did watch Halloween 3 way back in the day, like, if you were one of the people that saw it in theaters and were like, oh, this movie's fucking trash, Michael Myers isn't in it, I would say give it another chance with modern sensibilities, um, because that's not what this film is, that's not what that f this film was ever set out to be. But I want to know from you guys, what do you guys think of Halloween 3? Um, let me know down in the comment sections below on YouTube if you're listening to this on one of your podcast sites. Make sure you head over to the over to YouTube, leave a comment, or just tweet at me your thoughts about Halloween 3. I really want to hear from you guys. Um, and yeah, so if you guys haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to my show wherever you're subscribing to on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, if you have an Android phone, um, or just any... Any place you listen to the show, make sure you're subscribing, leaving it ratings and reviews, thumbs up, all that good stuff. And yeah, I will see you guys back on YouTube tomorrow for another episode from the House of Horror. So take care and stay spooky.